My guest today is a former Division I and professional football player from Coral Springs, Florida. He played the majority of his professional career in Germany, where he racked up MVP awards and Euro Bowl championships for the New Yorker Lions in Braunschweig, Germany. He's currently serving his community in South Florida as a firefighter EMT, one of my closest friends and quite possibly the classiest dude I know. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Evan Landy to Changing the Field. Evan Landy, the great Landy. What's going on, man? Long time no see. Nah, likewise, man. What's going on, Hog Dad? Just chilling, man. Chilling and living. Uh, just kind of getting on with getting on and, and working and, and continuing on with the show and stuff. What have you been up to? Awesome. Uh, just working. Um, working, trying to stay busy. Obviously, some adjustments to all our lifestyles recently. Um, yeah. Like you said, just, you know, roll up the punches type thing and um, yeah, just live your day, day by day. So let everyone know what you're doing nowadays, because this was not this was not the career path I, I probably would have foreseen you with if you would have asked me in college. I never knew this was like 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 down your alley. Right. Um, so I am now a two and a half year firefighter down in uh, Davie, Florida, kind of close to where I grew up. Um, the best way to know that city is that's where the Dolphins practice facility is for people who don't know. Uh, very close mm -hmm. to Fort Lauderdale, essentially, just west of Fort Lauderdale. Um, and it wasn't actually. Um, like most of us, I think football was kind of the route we would hope, you know, may, may go professional one day. Um, sure. Whatever whatever point we learn, and that may not be the case, you know, this and that. Um, I'll never forget, I was Ashley Chapman. She had a little post-it note on her cabinet door, and we wrote out it was that. Um, I wanted to go into coaching. Obviously, you can uh, relate to that on a bigger level yeah. than myself. Um, coaching, and then it was my family father's business. And then last actually was firefighting. I don't know who put that in my ear way back then, but someone did. And sure enough, like I kind of went through those boxes. Um, and then the coaching route, you know, you know, had some talks with someone like you, uh, Mike Linares and some others. And just seeing how some of the coaching stuff went down when we were in school. Um, kind of shied me away from it. Um, do I still think about how cool it would be? Yeah. The coach, you know, cause I think, uh, just the knowledge of the game. And Take it the, easy with that, man. Cause people will come knocking on your door, bro. I've uh, I, me and you in our personal talks, I told you some college coaches when I was in the gig, man, hit me up and they're like, what's up with this Landy fella? Can we get him on the squad? And I was like, yeah. I don't know, man. He's saving people's lives and stuff. Like his football yeah. stuff doesn't get his blood pumping anymore. Like, yeah, no, it's a, uh, it was, it was tough because that's all we, that's all we did for so long. And that's why I kind of yeah. thought I wanted to go that route. Um, and I was lucky the way things unfolded to end up where I'm at now. Um, but no, I love my career now. Um, still, you know, still watch the game, still stay in, you know, in tune, coach a little bit after, you know, I was done playing, but, um, yeah, I love where I'm at now. So no complaints. Absolutely. So you played football professionally and collegiately at the division one level, we played professionally overseas, took a couple cracks at the NFL, but a lot of people probably don't know that you were also, uh, a stud, absolute stud in hockey. What, what how'd you start playing that in Florida, um, in South Florida? This is always a crazy question I asked you, I feel like. Yeah, a lot of people have that same question. Um, honestly, man, I started playing roller hockey. 
kind of like in the neighborhood type deal and then met some other people actually through other sports it was like oh like my son or whatever plays hockey so roller hockey i started me and justine my sister actually we started playing and then um the roller was like hey we play at incredible ice in coral springs come and try that and then that just kept on progressing and they have um some travel teams and travel leagues down here um that was more of a, like a hobby though um i think it's something i did pick up naturally um i love playing I actually still do play in men's leagues now nice um but yeah so that came about and then it, it came down to my senior year in high school um i had a really uh nice opportunity to play in the ontario hockey league in canada my senior year my coach actually let me leave during a bye week my senior football season to go try out wow in yeah in canada and came back a uh, very understanding guy he played d1 ball himself and stuff like that so he kind of understood the whole like future and having options thing but yeah and um they did offer me like a free agent spot so to speak and then but football was always the route i feel like i wanted to go more of like the dream thing that i wanted to do um, right but um yeah just kind of locally playing hockey and it kind of just built up from there where did you fall in love with football? Where does that come from? Um, I'd have to give my dad that credit. Um, my pops played at UCF, was like a receiver, um, a little bit before they were like the, you know, the D1 level. Um, but, you know, he played growing up his whole life, and that's kind of – we'd go outside, we'd throw the ball, you know, we would do stuff like that. And then he started to watch us, got more knowledge of it. And then, you know, once you start to become, I guess, good at it, or you kind of can see like, all right, like I have a little skill in this, even at like a younger age, that's when I started to fall in love with it. We watch every game together, every Dolphins game. Um, heck, mom and dad, up to like high school would stand out there and catch balls, so I throw it to them, that type of thing. So I think it was like more of like a family oriented deal too. That helped out a lot. You, you speak about mom and dad playing sports. So you, sister, mom, dad, all played collegiately and professionally or, or, max out of college who's the best athlete in the landy family well that's a tough question um i'd almost put myself at like the bottom so i really do think i'll be a laugh but like uh, i think justine and mom my mom d are the, people, the best athletes they people don't, don't yeah. understand justine bro i remember we were just puppies coming into usf mm -hmm. and she's playing volleyball for louisville and she's like the captain like comes yeah. through steps, hiking on fools and stuff like that was intense. yeah it was, um, so it was kind of cool. Like my mom actually being foreign from Holland came to the States just to play college basketball, college sports, tennis, swimming, and like uh, basketball were her thing. So I actually went to Indian river community college first and I got a chance to go to UCF, whatever, but yeah, two time Kodak all American in basketball. She played center. Um, that's where my parents met. Uh, like I said, Pops played uh, receiver there. Um, he was a slender, smaller, fast guy. I didn't really get the fast genes from him. <laughs> Um, he could run a little bit, but, uh, yeah, mom did that. Um, yeah, I still play beach volleyball, beach volleyball to this day, but yeah, mom was a, mom was a beast in basketball. And then, yeah, like you said, Justine top 70 in the country coming out of high school. Like that's how I even knew what recruiting was. She's two years older. Yeah. So, she's got um, a box full of letters. Hanging oh, out, people coming by the house. Yeah. No, like, man, it was, it was crazy. And then like, obviously to go through the recruiting we did, you know, we were obviously pretty lucky too, but to see like the level of hers was, uh, was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, just, then she goes, she does that one, goes to Louisville, has a great career there. And then she went on and played two years overseas, um, uh, Poland and Norway. She played two years professional volleyball overseas. Um, and now is a full blown doctor. So she set the bar pretty dang high, I would say. Yeah. Um, but, and that helped, man, it helped so much. My parents were very driven people. Um, they understood the discipline part of it and the sports and 
um, kind of being a friend also. And then Justine kind of just really, I just kind of followed her footsteps. Uh, and the funniest story I have about her in high school was I thinking I was, you know, good or some hot shot at football, man, not until like my junior or sophomore year in high school. Yeah, I was Justine's little brother because we, <laughs> we went to middle school and high school together, you know, in the right. same school. So in the hallways and stuff, like, oh, you're Justine's little brother. Like she kind of was like, you know, the, the, the big woman, the big dog on campus. Um, but now I appreciate her for all like the, the bars that she set for me. So what was what was the college football experience like for you? What, how would you sum it up? What did you get from it in your path to becoming, you know, the firefighter and, and what you are now? Well, that's a hell of a question. Um, there's so many things. Um, I think, too, you start to realize that the older you get in college playing, because at first, well, your first couple of years, it's, yes, it is always football. That's what we were there for and stuff like that. But you start to learn and pick up things as you get older, you know, what experience, experience, but man, what really translated to what I do now is just kind of the stuff that you don't realize you're doing it in college, which is the time management, um, the juggling of a schedule. Um, you know, the academics, we had to have a certain GPA. So there was um, expectations you had to meet. And then after all that, oh, and then preparation, um, the discipline level, of course, you had to do that, which definitely comes into what I do now. But then in the end, you had to perform too. So you had yeah. all that stuff going and not only did you perform in the classroom to a certain level. So you, you had to, um, on the field and that I think directly translates because there's so many people applying for jobs and the fire is the same way. There's only a certain number of spots, just like a, a sports roster. So I think those things kind of, you know, came into play and then obviously to definitely like adversity and like just being yeah. tough mentally and physically. Like we went through, I'm mean, sure any sport, the winter workouts, the summer workouts, like you're, you know, lack of a better phrase, you're um, non-student athlete, you know, they don't really understand that. Granted, they went through their hard, tough times and had to like fight through stuff, but I'm not sure many know like what your team went through in some of those dark moments, like in the off season right. or during games, right? Like there's yeah. some times where like you look, you look at the, you know, the guy or you know, girl next to you, you're just like, almost like the, like, we have no choice but to do this or like, and that's just, you know, you were pushed to a level and I think that really helps like off the field. The mental toughness I think was um, one of the major things that carries over. What's, what's the comparison between the stress of like the big moment or the big games in college or professional football and the, the stress level that you experience like, sorry about that. It's, Freaking yeah, right right I was like, dang, like we just got Lanny on the show and it wants to come down like this. It's all good. But, uh, what's the, what's the stress level comparison? Is there any comparison to it? Or is it like, you know, what's that like for you? Yeah, I think there definitely is. Um, I think the physical aspect like carries over for sure. Um, a lot of times though, and it's not a, it's a bad thing. We kind of laugh at it in the, on the, on the job, but a lot of people think it's like saving lives 24 seven when you're on shift. Um, there are moments where that may have to happen, but a lot of it is, you know, you're, you're a sick person that you're just going there and you're taking, you know, their vital signs, making sure they are stable. And then you bring them to the hospital, you know, you transfer care to the nurse, the doctors and all that, but you do have your cardiac arrest, some of your uh, gnarly car accidents. Um, fires aren't too prevalent down here, but I think like you said, those moments, the fires, the um, very serious call, uh, knock on wood, I haven't had many major pediatric calls. But I've heard stories Thank that those God. are that's a major, major stressful, right? You know, um, there too. But I think, yeah, the the big game, the big moment in a game, like making a play, I think really does because it, it gets pretty stressful on seeing, you know, 
there's family watching you, you know, resuscitate mom, dad, sister, brother, possibly. So I think for me, it directly does. But I think what's so cool is, and people ask, like, you know, that question, like, how do you do it? I always say, I had this conversation with you guys before, um, yeah. you know, guys we played with is like, just like football, there's certain things we were like, man, how do we do that? It was our job. Like we were trained to do it and we like did it. So I think they do a great job training us, obviously. And when it comes down to it, that is what you have to do. And you kind of just, you know, you kind of just do it and you revert back to your training. And um, yeah, I think that definitely uh, compares to what we did in football. It's crazy what training can do to like, kind of break down these scarier, more intense moments into little pieces and like learn how to identify like what's the, what's okay. Who am I looking for? Is it the mic? Is it, you know what I mean? Is it outside linebacker? And then in your job, it's like, what's the the process of, you know, going through and, and applying CPR and, you know, like wound care and all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's an insane it's insane that there's similarities to it in the first place, but it's just crazy that you've been able to kind of utilize some of the stuff you used playing and, and, and playing football and then kind of carry it over your career. Now that's pretty dope, man. Yeah, I agree. I think not many people have gotten that deep into it. Yeah. Like I mentioned, like the time management and the discipline stuff and the juggling of the schedule came into play. But when you talk about a pressure moment, I've thought about it, but not many people have gone that far to say there is a huge like connection there. You know, Maybe. like the training yeah. bar or like calling out, calling out the mic. Like, yeah, we look on a certain call. You look for like tr- you have like your keys and your triggers, and it's just like football. No matter if you're you know offense, defense, special team, if you just had them. Right. Is that yeah. coming through really heavy right now? I feel like that's hail right now. It does sound like something's hitting the window. I can still hear you good if that matters, but can you? It sounds is it like faint or is it like overpowering like it's, what I'm it's it's faint, but the the hail you can hear, but I can still hear you. Like the hail, whatever it is whacking that window, you can hear a little bit. This came out of nowhere, man. This is so insane. It's like yeah. the first time it's I'll, I'll cut all this shit out, but this is nuts, man. It's like first time this ever happened. Fucking I still hear you well though, so no worries. Okay. Uh, so how was playing professional football? What was the experience like for you? Um, I always joke that it was short lived. Um, but I do obviously realize that I was fortunate to get where I got and had an an opportunity, like more than one, essentially. Um, it was, it was pretty cool, man. Um, like I said, I was with the, the bucks for about six to eight weeks of OTAs. Um, and that was kind of cool too, because that was in the city we played in. So it was nice right. to kind of be in familiar, you know, off the field, like familiar areas, familiar ground, stuff like that. Um, that was cool too. Cause you saw the business side of it. Yeah. We saw that in college, I think, but like if you had a scholarship barring anything unforeseen you did or something happened, like you still kept the scholar, you know, yeah. but at that level, it was kind of, people said like, at least for me being undrafted, what you are, we were really looking over your shoulder yeah. every like second. And that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of what happened to me, so to speak, was I got a tap on the shoulder and looked over my shoulder and we, they called him the Reaper. It's the one gentleman who handles all that. Yeah. And you turn around, it was him and you already knew what time it was. Um, but it was really cool just seeing the, the level of players. Um, the coaching, again, it's a little different because it's professional, you know, versus like the college level. Uh, I think, yeah, the coolest thing was just seeing some of the level of the athletes because there was like, you know, a, a group that was all same level, right? You're the best players from your college teams. But then you came around some of the elite ones. You're like, ah, like, I understand now 
why you are what you are. Um, like for instance, the short time at the Bucks was 2012, a long time ago now. But um, Vincent Jackson, the receiver. Oh man, yeah. Besides and think about football, think like, about he's like one of the top cats in the league at the time. But think about he's like the top. I would say not to knock his name or anything like that, but I would say he was in the top ten percent when he was playing yeah. the NFL. But then it, think yeah. of the think of the all time dudes like the Randy Moss or like you know your Calvin Johnson. Yeah, imagine imagine there's just like everyone says, man. There's such levels to this stuff. So oh, there I mean, really, really the fact is. that you even got in the door shows what level you were at, though. But then your professional career didn't end with the Bucks, though. Tapping on the shoulder. What else did you do after that? Yeah. So once I was uh, released from there, um, super lucky to be called in for like a, a tryout with the Patriots, actually. And um, that was even a higher level because the Bucks was um, Rutgers. It was the Rutgers staff. It was Shiano. Right. And all his guys when I was there, you know, even down to the training staff. Um, and then when I got to New England, obviously knowing the Belichick and the Brady and the Gronk and just every coach there, you know, uh, I was only there for uh, two weeks. But man, just again, going back to like, okay, now I understand why he might be God. As some people's eyes yeah. was someone like Brady, someone like Brady. Um, right. You know, Gronk was, Gronk was hurt at the time, but even some of the old linemen who I recognize the names, uh, forgot the left tackle's name. Like Staley? Solder? Was it Nate Solder? Nate Solder. Yeah, that's right. Just like, yeah. again, specimen and a half, but this like the, the intelligence of like, all right, I understand the guys on defense, like your Brandon Spikes, like that guy, you know, your Dante High, uh, Hightower still playing somehow. Right. Still that was dominating. impressive. Um, another name, uh, I forgot his name, but the special teams guy, just their captain, like Crazy Tebow was even there. Um, so like another thing oh, where wow. you got to see. Yeah. So, you know, the God joke, I guess, but between Brady and him, man, it was, it was crazy. He's having 10,000 fans at, at practice, you know, going wild over those, you know, those guys and stuff like that. But that That's was more very than cool. we had in college a couple of times. That, no, yeah, our last, I'm going to say our last year, you might you could push two years maybe, but um, yeah, we went through that too. But honestly, man, seeing the, the coaching there and then the, just the Brady's interactions and he, yeah, I'll never forget there was a meeting where, you know, we have our offensive meeting and you break off into positions. Like most of them when I was there, granted, again, not too long, but they were all in one room and he just sat there. He coached like what? he just turned around and he would talk to the linemen were sitting there. He knew where they were. He talked to the linemen, turn around, receiver, I need you to be here, here. And at practice, like the yelling, that, that's it's real. Like he would yeah. get on you like, in a heartbeat. But then you see, you know, the reward that had right. in the organization. And uh, that was a cool part there that I got to kind of understand. Unfortunately, it was cut short. I wish I would have played longer, but like that experience was awesome. And then, even cooler experience, I think, was to play in Germany. By far cooler experience, bro. When when people hear yes. about this, they're gonna flip. Like this was not. Yeah. So the, the, again, the cultural aspect. Um, so like, real quick, I have a European mother. Um, little surname is an Indonesian in her, but most of the time was in Holland. She grew up in Holland, so. Mm. Um, that was close to where I played and got to see grandma, family, all that stuff. But just having I'm now going from playing in South Florida to going to Germany, you can only have like eight to 10 import players. Actually had a buddy from Miami played for Rutgers. He was up there, an Alabama guy. The quarterbacks were your Detroit and like Baltimore, but then everyone else's was Polish, German. And like, you know, that was like the majority of the team. So it was so cool to interact with those guys. Um, Coaches were American, so there was no language barrier. That kind of helped a lot. Um, 
but yeah, man, going there for two years, that kind of stumbled. It came out of nowhere also. The place I used to train at when I was training for real held a tryout. Chris Chambers' spot held a tryout for that league. I didn't know what it was. And I joked to my parents. I'm like, eh, it'd be cool to go play in Germany. At the time, I wasn't hired with this job yet. I was working with my dad's, you know, mom and dad at the paint shop. And they were like, well, what's like stopping you? And again, back to Justine, Justine had just done it. He yeah. just did two years and she like, she loved it. Like she has best friends who are still in those countries. So I talked to her and she's like, again, what's stopping you? Luckily with my profession, I could split up my schooling. There's like three types of schooling you have to do. I could do it whenever, you know, as long as right. you hopped in and played. You know, went there and played two years. Great team too. I mean, we won four championships in two years. You played two leagues at a time, but we won the four state, championships you, So you say you won four in two years. One of them or two of them, you were the MVP? Oh, uh, one of them I was actually, yeah. And the, the right. football league, yeah. So so they do a, the Euro Bowl, like the big six. They basically just take six teams from different countries. Okay. Uh, I believe you play, what would that be, quarter, semifinal, or a semifinal? And mm-hmm. you get to play that. We played in Austria one year. It was pretty sweet. Um, but you play that one like mid-season. So we were lucky we went back-to-back in that one. Then the German <laughs> Football League is their equivalent to the NFL. And again, I'm not knocking level or anything like that because if we went on the soccer pitch or wherever you want, they would smoke me and a lot of other Americans. But um, the level wasn't as the level of the NFL here, you know, professionally. Um, I well, think nothing is, yeah. Nothing is exactly the world so, comparable, really. So correct, yeah. And like I said, definitely not a, a knock on that. But it was, it was kind of. I would always said playing there was um, being on scholarly to play ball, but not having to go to class. Nice. And that, yeah, and like a lot of us know what that feels like. But that was cool too, because now you're interacting in a different country, different people, you're in a neighborhood where you never thought you'd be, and all that stuff. So um, that experience, like culturally, was was awesome. The football again great team. I was lucky. And it, that was kind of nice too. For once you didn't have to look over your shoulder. Like, yeah. you know, it was, it was, it was fun, I guess. It was like, yeah. kind of fun again, so to speak. So, but I oh, mean, so lucky to play there. That's so awesome. So what yeah. do you, when you, when you got done with your second year playing in Germany, were you thinking about coming back and playing professionally or were you ready to move on? What was that decision like? Right. Um, I had already in my mind, come to terms with moving on. Um, I will say the second time I was cut, I spent the entire next year still staying ready. Just like most is hoping for that call. You don't want to give it up. Yeah. I got, got a luckily got a taste of it. So I'm like, all right, I can work on X, Y, and Z and I'll, and I'll have a shot. And that shot didn't come around. And I'll be honest that there was times where there was a little bitterness. Like if I watched it on TV, because again, we saw either people we played against with, either make it or not make it, whatever reason, what have you, you know, people I was just in a locker room with a year ago, like, man, like, again, no offense to them, but like at that NFL level, like, man, that, that guy made it 53. Right. You know, and anything, anything in life is timing. A lot of it was timing and all that. So, you know, I went through a stage where, um, yeah, it, it did bother me, I would say. Um, but luckily I had other stuff to distract. And then the Germany thing came around, but, um, I knew after Germany cause, actually football in Germany became pretty popular. So that year, a guy in our league got drafted by the Vikings, a receiver. Right. Moritz, Moritz Bowringer, I believe his name was. I might've butchered that last name, but you know, we played against him in the Euro Bowl championship and stuff like that. Um, 
came down to FAU and just went crazy at their pro day. They yeah, he ran like a out. four four and was like six five or something like that. Yeah, big guy. So he put them on the map. I played with a lot of good players, but uh, outstanding um, French receiver. His name um, was Anthony Dable, and he actually spent Giants, Falcons, like in their um, preseason, got down to the last cuts a couple times. Just another like specimen. He, we used to compare him to Calvin Johnson. And the league yeah. we played, he was that type of guy, you know, and another awesome guy as well. Um, but that was when I started getting popular. So I'll be honest, like, and again, this this stage of my life, I, I knew football was going to happen because I don't have to tell you this, but like my body started to hurt. Oh, yeah. And, and I was, and we were practicing in Germany was we practiced Wednesday night, Thursday night, walked through Friday, played Saturday. <laughs> so it wasn't even as taxing. You worked out on your own. We had a nice group who went to the gym. But like, oh my dude, stuff's hurt now. Like, yeah, ah, you can't. These guys, these high-level athletes in the league still. So I kind of knew, but um, especially especially when like I was like, yeah, maybe someone will call. But when those guys were getting a shot, which was awesome, and I didn't get a call, at that point, finally, it didn't bother me anymore. It used to. Yeah. Then I was like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have it in me. Yeah, if it called, would I? Yes, of course. But all yeah. of us would have. <laughs> right, and that my mind there, like. I told myself I would play two years and I was ready. I was ready to hang him up. Literally. I have a picture. <laughs> I tied my cleats up yes. and hung him on the locker. My last game of the chain happened to be an awesome championship W too for us. But it was fun. I have a, I have a picture of a little medal and I hung him up. I really joked about it. Right. Yeah. Like, no, like, that's what it is. Like mid college. We would joke, oh, I'm hanging him up. We're dying. You know, but then that was like, man, all right, well, and I was completely okay with it too. Yeah. Who, who was the first person you told you were thinking about calling it? Um, my family, um, before I went out to play in Germany, um, especially after that one full year of trying to stay ready for even at a CFL tryouts, uh, me and Mark Popek went to a handful of CFL stuff together. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't, yeah, it didn't pan out. So one was, that was over again. Now what you're two years removed. That's what, that's two more classes out of college coming out and athletes are only getting better. You know, so they're going to obviously go after the younger dude, fresh out, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I told my parents, I'm like, I'm going to go here, have fun. And it helps so much with that Rutgers um, guy from Miami had played there for like almost like three or four seasons at that point. So he was like, um, dude, it's, it's awesome. Come out there, this and that. So I told my parents um, that I'm going to play two, hang him up and get back to the fire and paramedic route. So if a young athlete wanted to be a firefighter, EMT, paramedic, what, how would you change any of how you approached your academic career? Like, is there any tips that you would give a young 18 year old that was thinking about following your route? Um, honestly, educationally, no. I only say that because having any bachelor degree in the fire service helps you out immediately. Um, there's a couple of promotional stuff for us where you are eligible one year before someone without a bachelor's degree. Oh, okay. Um, some departments even got to the point where if you want to rank very high, um, I believe, well, you have to have a bachelor's. You can be a uh, firefighter, paramedic, all the way up to, and I hope I'm correct here, but the captain level and not have a bachelor's. But the second you go to the chief rank, at some, at minimum, I have to have a bachelor's. Some are almost like having master's degrees now. Yeah. But back to education thing, like I had communication and criminology, a degree and both of them. Um, cause I thought I was going the coaching route. Right. So like, oh, as long as I get a degree, I'm good. I'm just going to, you know, GA and do all that stuff. But then there's nothing, there is like a fire science degree, but you don't have to have that, mm-hmm. um, to be hired and stuff like that. So then any young athlete aspiring to 
do what I do, um, I say 100% go for it. Um, our benefits are, are really nice. The schedule's great. And the one thing I like the most, the physical aspect too, but man, that firehouse is just like our locker room. <laughs> That's what's or the, up. Or the day we all used to hang out at Campus Club, you can name it, province, any of those places, just this BSing. Exactly what it is. You have six to six. One station has like ten-ish people, and it's you just you just hang out, you know. And it's, you know when you know when it's time to work, when it's time to play. But man, that that firehouse is just like a locker room. Man, it's like that's like the, one of the coolest crossovers that I get from that. That's what's awesome. That's what people mainly say that they miss, man. When I talk to former mm-hmm. football players, it's that locker room. That's that all that crazy time that we spent. You know, for for people that weren't in that group, man, it was like. I remember like going to summer workouts early in the morning and coming off summer workouts and going to like maybe a class and going and getting a sandwich, throwing a dip in, playing some Crazy, Tiger Woods yeah. golf. You know what I mean? Like four, four screens playing Tiger Woods. Like. Right. Yeah. And then you see all the dudes that are like super successful after colleges. <laughs> like during that time they had like a, like a internship or something. And I always think like, damn, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like maybe that would, for you, it wouldn't have done anything because you're going to be a firefighter, your MT anyway. But, Correct. you know, for me, it's like, you know, kind of looking back on it, maybe that was something that I might have changed with mine after hearing all these other dudes do it. But for you right. looking back on your own personal story, is there anything that you would have changed in preparation and now is like football wise or, or anything like that? Um, I think you kind of just touched on it. Luckily for my profession, I don't think there's anything. Um, I will say you kind of just touched on it also is that a lot of things that we did prepared us for the real world. But um, that time when football's gone and you're not sure what you want to do after, like that can be a rough, like really rough spot for a lot of people. And including myself, I had, you know, some thoughts like, man, I don't know like what I'm going to do. And luckily, again, I had a great support system, kind of had some ideas to go that route. But I think for a lot of people is, I don't know if you, you go back to your college and reach out, but the networking, because we didn't have a chance to do internships. No. Yeah. People like, Oh, like all oh, these jobs love athletes. And again, some other people might've been there, been there more than I, but you go walk in and they're like, Oh, but you need minimum experience. Yeah. Like, well, I play like four years of football and I do, here's a sweet resume because they worked on our resumes, right? Ours look great. But that yeah. experience, exper- that experience, bold uh, topic nothing underneath it and that's tough too i think i don't know how you juggle that in there again with the way the schedules are and football is yeah. 365 but i think that there's one thing might have been more of the real world stuff again they tried right our last year or so with the, the seminars and the networking events those were cool and i'm sure if i had a chance to go back or i needed something i would go to usf they put me in touch with the people we did but yeah, that actual work experience. Like we didn't have that. And all of a sudden football, not a bad way. It's just a business. You're done. You're done. Like you're boom, real world. You're just now you're like, oh, well, I just got fed every meal. I got a scholarship check. <laughs> I pay my rent with that. Wait, I have to do, I have, I have to buy all this. <laughs> I have to do that stuff myself now. For real. That was, a hell, that was a hell of an adjustment. So I think, yeah, like one thing you could change would be maybe, I don't know how they're going to do it, but a little more of the, hey, this is what the real world's going to be like. Maybe start now. Yeah. Yeah. Start with like learning how to pay bills and learning how to, how to cut a check or learning, you know, when people are trying to, you know, get over on you at like the auto mechanic or, you know what I mean? Like there's so Mm -hmm. many little things in life that you don't pick up on a football field that, uh, cause I always, 
me and me and my wife, Tammy, you obviously know Tammy. We mm-hmm. always go back and forth on, you know, when we have kids, is it better to get them that, that paid for college education and, and let them go that football route kind of like I did, or would it be better off to, you know, to, to follow a different path and maybe just go to school or maybe just go to a trade school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like what? Yeah, so true. Cause there's, there's so many positives that I've gotten. And I, I hear that you've gotten, and obviously seeing your life from football and from that place, from, you know, the team building, like, I'm sure, like you said, like you probably fit into the firefighter EMT house, like nobody's business. Cause this is your life. That's how you, your mode of operation. But then some dudes it's like, you know, now you got to go work in an office. And it's like, you've never, they've never, nobody gets my sense of humor. Nobody gets, I'm a little too intense for people. Like I'm yeah. a little too this, mm-hmm. a little too that. Whereas like it, like I saw a meme recently and it said something like, uh, if, if only the world could be like, like a, a college football locker room or like a high school football locker room, mm-hmm. anyone that's played knows what it's like, like yeah. black, white, yellow, red, don't matter. Does dude. not matter. Does no. not matter. You wear the same colors as me. We're going to war. Like yeah. that's it. It's yeah. just straight love, man. It's so true. And like, I think you said it best and I will never forget. I'm not going to obviously use a name, but <clears throat> we had a teammate we played with and I'll never forget the conversation. It was the life after football talk. And the young man said, looked at me, he goes, he goes, Oh, if I don't make it, I'm going to end up right back in the same neighborhood I came from. And that neighborhood happened to be not a very good one. Yeah. And it's like, man, like he, he almost knows that's coming. But yeah. after football, like you said, the office job, you know, maybe he could have made it in the office job, but he doesn't like, sometimes we didn't know, like even like basic human interaction. Like we made up our own language in our locker room at USF. Like we had what words that, that were like. What does that even mean though? When you have uh, a person, uh, a human being, a guy, a young guy that's between 18 to 22, that, that has a conversation with another one of his teammates and says, damn dude, if I don't make it to the NFL, I'm going to have to go back to the same environment I was almost totally negating all of this college experience, the, the, the opening of like the enlightenment of like learning all these like college level things. That's scary, man. Cause that's like, that's, that's some real stuff, man. Hey, got you. You got me. Got it. Yeah, you hear me. All right. So you cut out the when he said basically right when you're about to start. Well, I was, I was going to say yeah. like what well, like what great like what 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 stage of of his college career was this guy in? If you don't mind me asking, and obviously no names or anything. We were, like that. No, no, no. I think man, we must have been because to have this conversation, I think we had to be older. I'll, I'll say junior or senior year. So or, junior or senior real, year. Let's get real, right? Like. Hey, like we're starting to see guys we thought that were gonna make it make it in a league. Like, oh wait, he didn't get a shot. Like, and yeah. For some, for for me, that is almost like a criminal offense on the college's part to to get so much from someone, and then because sometimes sometimes I've had guys come on the show even before and say that they kind of got pushed into a degree like like me, oh, like social science, like ISS. 
And then, you know, some guys get this, some guys get that. And it's just like, you know, I, I know everyone's talking about the system in the United States and stuff like that. And I feel like this is one of them. I feel like college's athletics is one of those systems that's got to stop preying on, you know, like the low income type person, like, Hey, we're going to pay your school. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you get bumped into a degree you're not really interested in. You spend more time on the field. Then all of a sudden you, you leave asked out empty handed when it's all said and done. That's a scary thought, man. It is when you put it in those terms too. And like you said, that they just, for lack of a better word too, they just used you for all of your talents for that long. And then it's like, Oh, thank you for that. And then, like you said, you go to, 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 to nothing. Some go to nothing. That's yeah. scary, man. It really, really is scary. And like I said, I think like that needs to be changed. I don't know. Again, I don't know how I think they, again, they started to do that with the networking stuff for us, but like, there's gotta be more than that. Like, like I said, that conversation I had with that teammate, like, I didn't, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. You know, like, cause yeah. I, I can't, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say if, if someone were to tell me that if I was to talk to a 22 year old kid that was going through that same mindset right now, I would say, number one, hit your network up, stay active. All these dudes that you, all these 125 dudes that you just made friends with on this football team know how you bleed now. They know what your character looks like. They know what kind of dude you are. They've seen you through the thick shit, the easy stuff. They know who you are. Stay in contact with that network. Reach out to these fools because they're all going to go get jobs. Me and you both know there are a couple cats that we went to college with. They're like insane successful now running a business here, right. doing this. This dude owns this. So just stay with that network and keep your chin up, man. Like it's not the end of the road. Mm -hmm. If you got that degree, if you got that experience, you got a shot. You got a yeah. crack at this thing. Right. And like you said, too, on, on the positive side, right, there's obviously a lot of negativity that we have put in our face and stuff, and stuff that's going on, this and that. But like you said, there's so many guys who did take that networking seriously um, yeah. and reached, reached out when they had to. And like you said, are crazy successful. And even the guys before and after us. So I think that is a very valuable tool, tool also is reach out. Like you said, we've seen we've seen your character. We know your character. Yeah. Like you're, you don't have to. You don't have that's to a thought, too, me. though. Yeah, that's a thought too, yes. though, because that's yeah. we have seen your character. We have seen, we have bet, seen some people do some things, right? Like you're just yeah. like, man, you know. Um, but like you said, there is it can be definitely used as a positive. I feel like um, yeah. networking is huge because you know I don't care what profession you're going in. Yes, there are um, requirements educational wise, but in the end, it's who you know. I don't care what yeah. profession you're going into, you know, and even more so maybe now. But I think yep. you said it best is. He said, if you were speaking to a, general, a young man that age, young woman that age, is you hit that network hard. Because that network, mm. right, just keeps branching, branching, branching. And who knows when you find a branch that is you, you know? Yeah. And not only that, is a lot of people that I see or that I talk to and some of the research that I've done is the – I'm sure you can relate to this. And I ask this question all the time. I'm sorry I didn't get to it, but I'll just kind of throw it out there. The concept now oh. is – how much of your self-identity is wrapped into being an athlete, into being a football player. And then all of a sudden, when you don't have that anymore, now, I mean, it's something that I personally went through. That's why I know I can speak to it. It's when mm -hmm. you, football drops off the map. Now, all of a sudden, what, what, if you were playing a video game and you were just playing NCAA football your entire life, and now all of a sudden the game shuts off and you find yourself in a new one and you don't even know what the hell's going on. You don't know what you like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, yeah, that's just, a hell of an analogy right there. 
be, become, in my opinion, it, the best way to do it, because I found happiness outside of athletics that has, has really opened my eyes and kind of was the reason I started this podcast is because it takes that adventurer's fearless spirit to kind of just go out into the world and try and find what makes you happy. Like you, like mm-hmm. you're a person that when you help people, I'm sure it's like a super fulfilling deal. You don't, you don't become a firefighter EMT for the chicks unless you do. <laughs> <laughs> Negative. <laughs> right that's what i'm saying like you you got you're right. one of those dudes that like that, like i told you before man you're like a salt of the earth dude like you're you and your whole family man you guys have done a hell of a job no i appreciate it yeah man i've been, been fortunate but like you said is when yeah when football ends I, I keep saying it too even for me it was that was that was our, our entire life think about it, you started yeah. what jv middle school you could even little league but that's all we did that's 11. all we do yeah, yeah. i was I, 11 yeah, I, when you start, I think I flag or whatever it was, was I could like seven or eight. So yeah, you do it your whole life. Then it brings you great stuff in college, but then there is that, there's that drop off, man. It's gone. Like you said, that analogy, video game analogy was very spot on. Yeah. yeah imagine being so comfortable and all of a sudden gone, put yourself into a new place. You're just like. All uh, of the skills, all of the things that you've learned, the, the in-depth like footwork and hand placement and all these techniques and stuff are absolutely meaningless now. You just yeah, you're you got to do your best to like just roll. <laughs> like, you're not, you're on your office chair doing the icky shuffle underneath it. You know, like you're not, you're not doing that. Yeah. You go out, you go out in the men's league and you're kick ass. But like, again, that's yeah. not doing anything for you to pay that bill, that bill that comes on Friday, you know? Right. Yeah. So what, what, what kind of, what advice, cause that was my advice. What advice would you give someone to kind of help with that? Like kind of finding yourself again after sports is all done with. Um, my big thing, like I said, I kind of mentioned it earlier is that I have, I have a great support system, whether it is friend, I mean, hell, you were in a group chat with guys again for 10 years now. Um, I have some other ones, my high school buddies and family, friends, whatever is talk to people. Like, you know, it goes yeah. for a lot of things. Like you keep stuff inside and then it's okay to be a grown man. Cause again, it goes back to that mentality. You had to be the alpha dog, right? In college, you come out, you're going to, you're applying for the same job that anyone is applying for. You know, you don't, you don't have that mantra anymore. So just talk, talk to people. I mean, you, you have one conversation. You've heard it too, right? That can change your life. So I would yeah. say talk to people. Um, I mean, you hit on the head. The networking's huge. And just and just try different things. I have a handful of friends who are successful now, but if you would ask them again that year two, even third year after college, they're like, "Oh no, I did um, again not knocking, but oh, I did re- recruiting, you know, or I did this, I did that." And actually, I had five different careers, and all of a sudden, boom, the sixth one, yeah, they got it. So I yep. yeah, my two main things, man, is talk to people and network. You got to remember, football that gave us a lot in a sense of people you know. And then yeah. if someone, someone sees your credentials that you played and who knows, they like sports. Like, man, I know what you went through or like some, even the other way, they're like, man, I wish I was you. And boom, they uh, take a, a liking to, you know, cause they, they yeah. couldn't do what we did. Uh, so those are two things I was, my advice right there, man, networking and um, just, just talk, ask people, ask questions. Yeah, absolutely. So as we kind of wrap this thing up, man, uh, is there any other shout outs or anything you want to give anything you want to plug? You got any, I know you've been doing the powder coating business and I have, I have a thermos from you that is super dope custom got bulls logo. 
I don't know if you're allowed to say that. It's a little different than the actual USF logo. I think I one of the horns. It. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got, it's got, bro, it's got my name on it. I use it all the time. It's amazing. What, what do you got going on, man? No, I appreciate it. Um, actually, I, I stopped doing that only because... Uh, Damn, that was a good plug. That was. <laughs> I, no, I appreciate the assist. I always take the assist. But um, no, dad, I was working with dad five days a week prior to getting hired. So I was doing that before he did his stuff. Um, so once I got hired, I, I stopped doing that. But yeah, I still still work with Pops. I go in there and do deliveries for him. What's your dad um, do? Just for everyone else a, out there, I know. Right, right. He's a metal spray painter and powder coater. So just essentially anything steel, metal, aluminum, um, he can paint it. Grandpa started in uh, 1960, and my Damn dad took it over after him. Yeah, man. So uh, I get a lot of work ethic stuff. I, I've had my ups and downs there. Um, I get a lot, I have a lot of now, like, man, I don't know how you mom done this for 30 plus years. <laughs> so I say that a lot now. Um, but any other shout outs, man, just, my, just our, our teammates. Yeah, just like you said, you, you bring up these stories, and we've done it too. Like we call our washed up weekend, man. We sit there for hours and just tell stories and stories. You talk to another athlete somewhere else, stories and more stories. And there's a lot of a lot, a lot, lot more good than bad, man. And that's that's yeah. what I take most out of that, man. We've had some. Again, you went through some times, but man, just shout out to the teammates, man. Uh, hope everyone's <laughs> doing well. Stay safe. All that good stuff, man. No doubt. I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you again. No, you're welcome. Anytime. Also to you, man. Thanks for doing this. Like you said, there's uh, who knows what, what episode someone might take something from, man, and change their life. So for someone who's been through a lot like yourself, man, and one of my best friends, I always looked up to you, big dog. Yeah, so keep it I going. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, some of them suck. Some of them are pretty good. I always enjoy everyone else, and I always feel like I talk a little too much. I, you know how it is. You hate hearing your own voice, man, but yeah, you have to. It sparks, but it sparks answer. There's some things I wasn't thinking of, and you said yeah. something, and it sparked me to go more in depth, or almost gave me the green light to go more in depth too. Very cool. Uh, I hope I'm getting better at it, man. Because there's been a couple of times I sound like a rumbling, bumbling, fumbling. <laughs> Sounds oh, dude, like too many hits in the head. Hey, man, I do that now. Show. If I forget something, I say, "Good luck." But um, yeah, man. Tell Tammy I said hello. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, man. Again, congrats on the little, little, little girl, little man. Do we know yet? We don't know yet. Nice. Right, you guys gonna do? Know. You want to find out? You're gonna wait. You guys. We're gonna wait. Time. We're gonna wait till the nice. day of. Yeah. Well, surprise! Here you go. We got, dude. We actually have the envelope sitting uh, right in the middle of our kitchen table, like right in the mantelpiece. Like, <laughs> hey, anytime you want to pull the trigger, we want to find out. It's just, know, but... it just stares at you guys the entire time. Yeah. It's like mental toughness training, bro. It's breaking me in half right now, though. Oh, I could imagine. That's a little different <laughs> mental toughness than what we're used to. Yeah, that's a that's a little that's a little hawk hawk junior right there. So yeah, nice man. Everything else, it, going man. Well? everything else going well though? Yeah, yeah, everything's going well with me. Um, working, working gigs, learning how to make video games now, uh, doing all kinds of stuff, man. I'm staying on the ball. Dude, technology will never go away. So. Here. It might, yeah. If like the apocalypse happens, like it's kind of leaning that way in 2020, but we're on our way, huh? Jeez, yeah. man. It's, You're gonna uh, get a lot of work. I hope not, though. Knock on wood. That was a bad joke. That was tasteless. Um, like <laughs> no, like you said, man. Some of the locker room stuff that happens too in the firehouse, but uh, you just gotta know when to say them, I guess. You know, but uh, no, man. Like I said, it's uh, everything on my end is going well, considering, man. Uh, again, very, very fortunate. So good. Family's all good. Everything. Yeah, man. Justine actually just finished one of a, they call it a fellowship, but basically just finished schooling for one of her specializations. 
So she is like specializes in geriatrics now as one of hers. Took a passion to that. So wow. add that, add that. What a time. What a time for that practice. I know. I know. I know. And she, uh, is she getting a lot of COVID cases? Is she like having man. to deal with that? Yeah. yeah so lot, she was, she was in basically in the middle of a rotation, um, nursing home. So she was in there testing an entire nursing home. Then she went to a homeless facility and was all decked out doing the slobs and all that stuff. She was sent us pictures and one wow. of them, man, one of them really, I was going to say hit home. Cause like you hear a lot of different things. Like we're, we're very lucky with the PPE at our department. We have all the protective stuff necessary. She sent us one man where she literally had a, they were, they ran out. She had a clear plastic trash bag wow. over her body. Granted, luckily she had the facial, the shield. Yeah. yeah. The actual thing, it was a trash bag. I looked at that picture and I was like, damn, you're a badass sis. Like, man, that's <laughs> so next level. So, yeah, man, it is. So like, yeah, I kind of like, you know, try to put that in perspective. You hear so much stuff in the media. You're just like, you get exhausted with that, but you hear it from her. I'm like, damn, like stay safe, do what you do. And, so without getting anyone in trouble real quick, and you don't yeah. have to answer this if you don't want to, yeah. but as a professional that saves lives and is mm -hmm. in the health industry, yeah. what would you recommend people wearing masks or would you not? Because I would recommend wearing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's been, I get, again, I get a lot of information from Justine and luckily in their field, they get a lot of very reputable, obviously sources. Right. Um, CDC being one is another one she mentions a lot. And then just based on what we see at work. So we have like an administration side, obviously, to our department. Mm. A bunch of chiefs in that. And like some of them, their sole job has been to follow like the COVID stuff. And then you have like one, we have one doctor that we all work under his license, essentially. So he's been big on, you know, the whole Zoom calls and seminars with other people in other countries, big time doctors. Wow. So you're hearing, you're hearing that the mask, yes, it will. Like, yeah, is it? you know, a hundred percent, of course, nothing is, you know, but the mask will definitely help the, you know, uh, contracting it and the spread of it. So, um, yeah, if you can, if, you're, if you know you're going to be somewhere, I, I kind of always have it on you, even the buff, if you have a buff. Yeah. Um, I even do like it, a t-shirt or something. Is it even worth it to like have a t-shirt over your face? Um, again, better than nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, some people get into the whole, like the particulates in the size, of course, like, you know, a t-shirt's not going to be at 95, you know, but like, there's nothing you're trying, you know, and that's it. And then, um, you know, especially having, you know, Tammy pregnant at home, I'm sure you guys are very good with sanitizing. That's another thing too, right? It goes yeah. back to the basics. Even for me, man, I'm like, wait, what was it? 20 seconds to wash my hands? You know how long 20 seconds is washing hands? Yeah. But it goes back to the basics, man. Sanitize. Um, just be, be aware. We have really good awareness, right? Luckily with sports. So every time I touch something, I go and I, and I do it. And I, I walked into the store, like, oh shit, mask, walk back out. So yes, my answer, long answer to that is I would go mask over or not mask. Yeah. If, if this ends up playing out and we end up sticking in this COVID thing for a long time, I imagine people are going to start getting wind of this uh, face mask business. And if anyone hears this, man, I would love a Darth Vader themed face mask. I feel like okay. that'd be super dope. Yeah. I like first time I right. cough in and I have to throw it out, but <laughs> <laughs> wash it, rewash it. No, but um people are coming out with that design. So I wonder even how I wonder how in Asia it's already in Asia it's already been a fad of like people like wearing the face masks. And, and they're downtown, and, and right? Designing it. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, it makes man. sense. It's funny how right when stuff like this goes down there are certain businesses, people stuff who will like prosper from it because it's just the field. They're obviously look at all your sanitizing, your Clorox, all those companies. I'm sure. Johnson oh, they're making Johnson. A killing. 
oh there and then you have like these other companies where it's like damn we're done <laughs> you know like we're done it's just crazy how that affects you know what you know yeah. wherever you're at but that's definitely crazy man that's definitely crazy because mm -hmm. I, I know the pressure is tense right now uh yesterday it was wild man me and tammy were actually walking into our our local publics and uh there was a dude that didn't have his mask on. I guess Publix has just put out like that. You have to wear a face mask in, in our area. I think in Hillsborough County, it's like a okay. mask or something. Likewise. Some, some dude flip, man. He like, it was the first time I seen like a freak out that wasn't on social media. That was like this intense. No he was way. like saying he was going to come back bringing a gun and stuff. Yeah, dude. And I was just like, I like looked at Tammy. And I was like, to hell with the to hell with the the frozen pizza, babe. We got bail. <laughs> we gotta get out of here. Yeah, man. Spidey they, they all, like, he said he's yep. bringing a gun. Oh, hog daddy's out of here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like think about too, like how simple it would be just to put on a mask, and also, man, to like the gun thing, everything that's happening in our society. Right. I don't care. I don't care what side you're on, what color you are. It's like, dude, you can't stay. Like, why? Why? Put the damn mask on, or don't shop there. Yeah, you know, but uh, it's funny. The old hawk that would have been like, "All right, we're trying to test," but it's funny yeah. how now <laughs> I was like, you know, we'll go nah. order some pizza. We'll find out how I'm ready. Where are little Caesars at? Family uh, but, man, I got old the, man. Like you see that stuff, though, you're just like, you know, again, I, I love the I love the word awareness. It's like, where is your awareness of that the situation? Yeah, and then you're gonna you're gonna go off on them because they told you to put a mask on, bro. People are dying from this. <laughs> like, yeah, bro, that, that's it, right? There's people who are not uh. Not all there sometimes those things, but yeah, I'm glad to see, man. All the appointments that we've had at the the Tampa General, man, have been amazing. Like they've been nice. on complete lockdown. Everyone's getting the radar gun pointed at your head with the, mm -hmm. the temperature. Everyone's if you don't have a mask, kick rocks. Like Get they're out. not playing. Yeah, so it's like it, it it. There are some people out there that are, that are doing this thing as as safely and as correctly as it can happen. Yeah. That's crazy, man. We're in crazy times, bro. I'm glad, super glad that you're doing well, especially with your gig. And I'm I'm super glad that your fam's doing well, man. Cause I I, I love the Landys. I love me some uh, Landys, man. Y'all are some uh, damn good people. I appreciate that, man. Likewise. And um, yeah, hopefully see you guys in the fall, obviously. Or yeah. hopefully, regardless, if there's no football, <laughs> you can still I can still come to Tampa, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, so, we'll just throw the mask on. Brandon. Yeah, we'll chill. Kick it. We'll put it up and we'll drink and put the mask back down. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, Absolutely. All right, Keep pushing, man. Keep doing this. This is awesome. All right, bro. Much love, right, man. Have a good one, dude. Peace. Thank you all again for tuning in this episode of the podcast. Thank you to my guest, Evan, for giving us all some great insight to his journey. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this show and join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. That's it for this one, and until next time, go do something good for someone. Peace.